As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My spending has been out of control okay. in some areas. Hello, and welcome to Planancia's podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner, uh, for those of you who don't know. And I am here with my guest today, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hi. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Um, very good. I'm excited to have you on the show. I would love if you could give us kind of your overview. So where you live, how old you are, partnered, married, job, income, all that jazz. Okay. Well, I'm 32 years old and I just recently moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, but I've been living in New Mexico since September of 2020 now. And I'm actually living with my now ex-fiance slash roommate. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. We're going to have to talk about that. Oh no. Okay. Also, you are the first person I believe from New Mexico. So cheers to that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm actually from Utah. Um, I've lived in Salt Lake my whole life. And so I'm pretty new to New Mexico. Oh, well, I, I live in Salt Lake part of the year now. I love Salt Lake. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I miss it. <laughs> I'm a newer resident. Okay, so sorry, I got so distracted. So 32, living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, newer to New Mexico, mm -hmm. living with your ex-fiance, who's now your roommate, which we will get into. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. And then, oh dear. Okay, and then uh, what do you do for work and how much do you make? So I work remotely as an analyst for a mortgage services company, and I make $72,000. Perfect. Okay. So a mortgage, so you're an analyst for a mortgage company. Yep. I deal with like investor reporting type of stuff. Oh, cool. Also the first person we've had on who does that. I think it's so interesting to hear everybody's career paths because everyone's so different. Yeah, for sure. All right. So did you move to New Mexico with your fiance or move to Santa Fe with your fiance? I did. Yeah. We actually moved um, after he finished his PhD program. 
and he couldn't get a job because it was during the pandemic. Right. So the only job offer he got was in Los Alamos, New Mexico, which is a really small town. So that's why we moved here. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then did you get a new job or were you working remote? I was working remote for a company based out of Utah, and they were letting me work remotely until a to-be-determined date. So I ended up finding a new job in March of this year. Okay, perfect. So, and so are you thinking, what, so what is the plan, right? Because that's a big, <laughs> so that's a big life change. Like before we get into the finances, I kind of want to figure out like, what do you, where are your heads at? Like, what are you thinking? So I am planning on moving back to Utah probably in March. Okay. He just needs some more time to save up and pay me for my furniture that I'm going to leave here. And then I'm probably just going to keep it half in my name until he can refinance. Oh, so you purchased the place there. Yeah. We oh home dear. You know, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I, I know you said you've listened to a lot of the podcast. I uh-huh. was, in my opinion, engaged. My ex would say we were just dating, but we bought an investment property in lieu of an engagement ring because I was like, oh, yeah. that sounds like such a solid idea. And if it had mm-hmm. worked out, it would have been great. But the thing is, we broke up. And so then we had to get out of this investment property. So we ended up walking because we didn't close. Um, but it was like uh-huh. such a nightmare to unwind the whole thing. It actually took longer to unwind the whole thing than we were together, which is unbelievable. Okay. Oh, no. So, yeah, this can be a real pain. Um, I actually think yeah. it's, it can be a real pain. So the good news is you just bought it, right? So then what are you thinking in terms of splitting it? Like how did you – was it 50-50 you went into it or he needs to – or you? Yep. Okay. We went into it 50-50, and we have a good relationship. We're going to stay cordial. Okay. And I know that interest rates are going to start rising probably, mm-hmm. and we got locked in at 3%. Awesome. So it's better financially if we just keep it in both of our names so that he doesn't have to refinance and like try and buy me out for my half and have to pay co- closing costs again. Right. So you're you're thinking you'll keep the property and have a title 50-50 and then mm-hmm. and then I'll move out in March or and then he'll find a roommate. He'll find a roommate to replace my half. To mm-hmm. replace your half. Okay, so kind of think of it as you'll basically own an investment property and you're Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to have this all documented and drafted. Up. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Good because it's fantastic it's cordial but just in case it's not cordial it should all be outlined. Yeah for the future. Right. Definitely want to protect myself. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, I, the way I would do it, which just sounds like what you're already doing is treated as like an actual business. So you could always make it an LLC, you know, and, mm-hmm. and formalize your agreements or just have it documented. But I would definitely go down the avenue of making sure it's all above board documented. Um, so that, okay. You, and I'm not an attorney. As we all know, everyone knows. <laughs> not an attorney, this is not legal advice. But just to save you some heartache down the road, I think better to get, you know, pay for an attorney, make sure everything's structured right so that you're protected, he's protected, and you don't have to deal with a problem down the road. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah. I, and I think if you just structured as a business, like he would just be your business partner in it. So 
Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. <laughs> I know it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I I've had we. I don't know if we've had this. I I don't think we've had this scenario. I think it's great that it's cordial. It would be really, really crappy if it wasn't. Right. Yeah. yeah it, would be, it would be really crappy. And now, did you have to like? Were you already? like involved in the wedding planning and lose anything on that or it was just it's just the house is the biggest thing to unwind yeah we decided to buy a house first before we did any wedding planning so no losses on wedding stuff okay good all right good and you did you have an investment property now with a three percent interest rate so that's good um okay so then so you're planning moving back to utah in march and then will you are you going to try and keep the same job or yep i'm going to keep my same job perfect Okay, that's fantastic. All right, so then let's go over the numbers because this will be interesting. So the goal, though, with the investment, would, can we just call it the investment property, I guess? Is it- yeah, so I actually have two. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I have great. a property in Salt Lake as well that I'm renting out, and I do have an LLC for that property, so I don't know if I can like include this one in it. So but- I I own my property in an LLC. I and when I did the one with my ex, we we set up a separate LLC. Uh, okay. And once again, I'm not an attorney, but typically when you ask other real estate people, everyone does it a little differently. From the people that I've spoken to, they set up an LLC per property. Uh, I got got it. Okay. Yep. And then especially with this one, you would essentially, you essentially have a business partner. It would be your ex-fiance. So he would have his percentage, you would have your percentage, and that would be its own LLC. Okay. So you're, okay, so you have a property in Salt Lake City, and that is in an LLC, and you have that rented. Yes, I bought it as a personal property, but because we moved, yep. I ended up renting it out instead of selling it. Well, given the Salt Lake City real estate market, I think that was a great move. Yeah. I think so too. Um, okay. So, and so that one, do you have any, so the intention is you'll have no overhead on the property with your fiance, right? Because the renter will cover your share. He's covering his half. And so that it's neutral. Correct. Perfect. Okay. So that's neutral, you know, bar any major property, you know, property improvements or maintenance. And then the property in Salt Lake, is that neutral as well? Or, or is that profit? Yeah. Profit. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty much just breaking even on that property. And can I ask, what were the purchase prices on both? Um, the purchase price for the Santa Fe home was about three hundred sixty-three thousand, and then two hundred sixty-six thousand for the Salt Lake. Perfect. Okay, so this is great. So you'll have a little real estate portfolio here. Yep, that's pretty much all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be talking to you. Um, okay, so you'll have when that the one, and they're both thirty-year fixed mortgages. Yes. Perfect. Okay. And then what was your mortgage rate in Salt Lake City? It's 3.5. Perfect. Okay, good. Got great, great rates, 30 years. Okay. So then your interest in the one in Santa Fe is 181,000 approximately. So once you get these paid off, and I'm sure they, the Salt Lake one has already appreciated, but just based on purchase price, you'll have about 400,000 in real estate with today's value once they're paid off. Awesome. Yeah, which is great. Sorry, 447. 447 real estate. Okay, perfect. And they're neutral. So that's awesome. And then you put money down on both. Uh huh. I put a very small amount on the Salt Lake home. I only put like 3.5% down. Okay. So I did have, um, I did have PMI, but I recently got it appraised and I got the PMI canceled. Oh, good. What did you have it appraised at? 360. 360. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. 360. 
Okay. And so for all of our listeners, the 3.5% down is using a FHA loan? Um, no, it's actually conventional. Oh, you did a conventional? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How did you get the three and a half? I don't know. Good credit. <laughs> I went with um, one of my friends, the loan officer for Cypress Credit Union. Wow. Okay, yeah. great. So then, so without the 20% down, you had the PMI, but when you had it reappraised, your loan to value improved, meaning the value of the home versus their your equity in it. So you were able to get that removed. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So then 360 is the value and then 181. So then, yeah, it's closer to 540,000 in real estate. Fantastic. Alrighty. Okay. So then <laughs> let's talk about your budget, which I know is going to change, but we can kind of, I think it still makes sense to kind of go through it. So okay. how do you want to do it? Do you yeah. want to do what you're, where you currently are and what you're working towards or what you think you're going to need in Salt Lake? Um, probably what I'm currently working on because my budget has been really crazy. Like my spending has been out of control okay. in some areas. So I'm hoping that this month I will be able to stick to a set budget Perfect. and increase my savings. Okay. So let, let's talk about it. So what are you bringing home? Do you get paid every two weeks or twice a month? Uh, twice a month. Okay. Perfect. And what are those net paychecks? Uh, they're nineteen eighty eight. And then do you have anything taken out of it, like a 401k, health insurance? Um, I do have 401k. I'm contributing 8% pre-tax. Perfect. And then what is your then, your balance in the 401k? Uh, my 401k balance right now is not very much. That's <laughs> 20, okay. $20,300. No, that's good. 20300 And is that, the, did you combine your former 401k into this one? I did. Perfect. Okay. So 20300 Perfect. And then health insurance comes out of that as well? Okay, so then we're working health, health insurance, HSA. So you're working with monthly net to you after the 401k, three thousand nine hundred and seventy six dollars approximately. And yeah, okay. And then so what okay. what are your expenses look like? Um, so expenses, I'm not really sure how much my utilities are going to be, um, but I'm estimating maybe like one hundred and fifty. Okay, for my half, um, internet is about twenty seven fifty. My phone is 45. Gas. I don't really car. drive a lot. I would, yeah, I was say, okay. <laughs> I would say like maybe 80 to $100 for like transportation stuff. Okay. That includes like my gas and insurance. Um, the half of my mortgage is 887.86. And then I have a Peloton bike that I took a loan out for, and that's 36.39. And then for the membership, my half is $20.93. I've got a life insurance policy that I had no idea what it was exactly, but it's $54.17 a month. Okay. And is that term life insurance? No, it's like, it's universal. Universal. Okay. And then what is it, what's the coverage amount? Like, what does it cover you for? What's the debt? Um, it's only... The death benefit is 122000 You could probably do a little better. I would shop around and look at term and see what the pricing comes out with. Okay. Because the goal ultimately when we get when you get to retirement is you don't need life insurance. So if you got right. life insurance for, let's just say, 30 years, it would bring you to age 62. And I think you could probably, for that amount of money monthly, you could probably get like $400,000, $500,000 term insurance. Give or okay. take. 
So I, I would, I would look at that. So I would shop that around to see if you could get more for your money. Okay. I will for sure. Okay. So we have life insurance 54 and then in any other big expenses? No, I don't think I have any other big expenses. I don't have a car loan. I don't have, oh, I have a credit card that has just under 3000 on it. Okay. I just barely wrapped up this month. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just no, no problem. <laughs> sorry. Your daughter's like, credit card debt. <laughs> yeah. So I just barely racked that up last month when I was in Utah. And then when we moved, I bought a bunch of stuff. So I wanted to ask you if I should just like pay that off right now with my very limited um, emergency fund. Yeah. So that was going to be that. That was going to be my next question. Okay, so I added up all your expenses that you gave me, and it works out to be mm-hmm. like thirteen hundred, not including food. So, yeah, is food? What do you think for food? Food is my biggest expense, uh-huh. and it always fluctuates every single month. Like I've been tracking my spending, and it's literally been anywhere from like six hundred dollars to twelve hundred dollars. Okay. All right. So let's like, let's throw out that we spend a thousand dollars on food. Cause I wouldn't, that's eating out and stuff too, right? Yeah. That includes, yeah. Restaurants, alcohol. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So we'll throw that in for a thousand. So that brings you to, we'll just say approximately 2,300. So we still have wiggle room in your budget, right? Cause you're bringing home 39 mm-hmm. approximately. And you're spending about 2,300 give or take. So you have 1,600 oh. left over. Yep. And I do contribute to a Roth IRA that I just opened this summer. Perfect. Okay. Um, so What's going in 500. there? 500. Okay, great. So then we have a thousand left over, 1100 left over. Perfect. I'm glad you're doing a Roth too. And then what do you have? So you just started the Roth and what about the emergency fund? You said you have some money there. I have 4,500 in there right now. All right. And we have until you're going to move back to Utah, you're thinking in March. Okay, so we have the rest of this month. So we have, we don't count March itself. We have four months. So, and then what are you putting on the credit card? Or you just wrapped it up last month, so you haven't made a payment yet, right? Right. I'm on the fence about whether you just pay it all off and then we replenish the emergency fund. So based on the numbers you gave me, it looks like you have 1100 left over a month. Mm-hmm. So you could do one of two things. You could pay the credit card off, which will bring your emergency fund down to 1500 and then mm-hmm. I would be diligent about putting a thousand back into the emergency fund over the next four months, because then that will okay. add four thousand to the emergency fund and get you up to fifty five hundred in there. Okay. So, to me, it's like you can pay a little bit more interest on the credit card, or if you don't, if you want to put a thousand on the credit card, and then you'll have that done in three months, <laughs> and then the last month you'll add to the emergency fund. So you can do either one, whatever you think is going to be easier for you to stick with, and then you'll get the emergency fund back up. And then that way, when you're yeah. about to move to Utah, you already have the Roth going. You're contributing to the 401k, which is great. And I didn't ask, do you get, do you get a match on that? I get 2%. Okay, perfect. So then you're at 10. Awesome. So then I think I would continue once you, I would continue while you can, once either the credit card's paid off, I would continue trying to bulk up the emergency fund a bit, especially because mm-hmm. you have two properties. So God forbid something goes wrong, mm-hmm. like something, as you know, as a homeowner, when things go wrong or go awry, they tend to be expensive. 
Now, thankfully, I haven't had any issues. Um, both of my properties are new, so fingers crossed. <laughs> I was just saying, that's amazing. Knock yeah. on wood. So yeah. I, I would keep putting the thousand dollars towards your emergency fund, and I would try and bulk that up just so that you have okay. more of a buffer. Yeah. And then are you thinking about when you get back to Salt Lake renting or? Um, I'm probably going to stay with my parents. Okay. So I'm not really sure if they're going to make me pay rent or not, but if I do, it'll probably just be a couple hundred dollars. Perfect. So I would use it as an opportunity to put towards the emergency fund. I think the more cash you can get in it, in there, the better. Okay. Especially just, just me. And the mainly the main reason I want you to have more in there is just because you have the two homes. So yeah, it's fantastic. Nothing's happened and hopefully nothing does and it can all be planned mm-hmm. for and saved for in advance. But I think having more cash is just prudent so that if you need it to do maintenance or anything on the properties, you already have cash available. So it doesn't have to go on a credit card. Right. And then the next question is, what's the lease for the Salt Lake property? Because I'm curious if it makes sense for you to rent and have that rented out or if it makes sense for you to take that back over. Yeah, I'm not really sure what I want to do when the lease is over, um, but it's seventeen fifty per month is what I'm renting it out at. And then, because then if you kept your cost pro- like similar to what you like have, I don't think it'll be exactly what you have in New Mexico. But if you kept like your, if you were to pay rent instead, that would I think you would be wanting to be spending a thousand dollars to keep your budget similar. But okay. I don't know what the rental market is like in Salt Lake right now. Um, I had a lot of interest, <laughs> but it seems like, I don't know, it seems, it seems like rents are rising everywhere in Salt Lake and people are just having a hard time finding a place because people are also like selling their homes and getting kicked out. Yeah. So that, that, that was something to, to think about. And cause I was just wondering what would be, what I think would be, what I think would be kind of a house hack, right. Is if your Salt Lake property made a little bit of a profit, cause you could use that to supplement your rent mm-hmm. or, and it, it's single family, right? It's not it's a town home. It's a town home. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think how you could use this to your advantage. Right. I guess you'd, I, what I would do if I were you is I would, I think it's great you'll live with your parents and you could save up, hopefully save up some more money then and bulk up your emergency mm-hmm. fund. And then that way you have really no debt, just the mortgages on the properties. And then emergency fund, you're doing good with the 401k and you're doing the Roth as well, which is great. And then evaluate whether it makes sense to move back into that property you know, and live there yourself, or if it makes sense, you know, to rent because it actually keeps your budget lower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm not really sure if I even want to stay in Utah. Yeah. You're you know, so, you're gonna, life will take me. Yeah. So I think maybe if you're not sure what you want to do, if you can stay with your parents while you like reevaluate what you want to do, because obviously this is a big life change, you know, that, uh-huh. that you're going through. And then you can use that opportunity to kind of just take advantage of the fact that you have lower housing costs and save more. And then that way you can decide what you want to do when you feel ready to make that decision, whether that's stay in Utah or just use that as an investment property and move somewhere else. Okay. But I think it's great that you have the real estate. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that worked out great. I'm sorry that the engagement didn't work out, but I think that at least – now you'll have an, it's great that you're on good terms and you'll have an investment property. And then the other thing you can do too is 
if you get a raise with work, you can split that with yourself. So keep bumping up the 401k that way. Right. Yeah, I definitely want to get to a point where I can try and um, max out my contributions. I feel like I'm behind. Yeah, well, I don't think you're behind because like, because you have the two properties, you know, so you did more real estate. And if you hear any of the real estate people, they always sell like only real estate and not investments. So you're just, you have two horses in the race, right? You have the real estate, you have the investments, and then you have your regular, more traditional retirement. So I wouldn't feel behind. You're just, your path is just a little different, which is, you know, the real real estate people sometimes only do real estate. They don't even get involved in the market because that's its own. That's true. Yeah, that's its own investment strategy. So, and you have great low rates and they're neutralized. So I think just make sure the one with your ex is going to be structured properly so that you're protected. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I would, and once you, you know, the thing is you could always up up your 401k contribution after you bulk up your emergency fund and get the credit card paid off. You could then cut, you know, at a certain point you'll get that. I, I would think your emergency fund needs to be closer to 15000 Okay. The reason being just the way I would look at it is then you have a bucket of money, 5000 for each property and then 5000 for you. Mm-hmm. So that And I would always be saving in the emergency fund because then that way, if there needs to be a new hot water heater or you want to do a property improvement, you have cash always available. Right. It's a very conservative take on it, but I think it's I think when you own a home, it's important to have the home should have, I like to call it, like, if you think of it, it's like its own little emergency fund. There's always cash available for whatever comes up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I would, I would target that amount. And then once you reach that amount, I think you can tone down how much you're putting in there and you can, like, you know, your, your properties, like, is there going to need to be a roof in a certain point or you're going to need to repaint when a tenant moves out? You can figure out exactly where you think, anticipate what the expenses might be down the road. And figure out like, okay, for this property, I'm going to save 200 a month. For this one, I'm going to save 300, whatever the number is. And then the difference could go into the 401k. Okay, cool. I'm just taking notes about all sure. of that. <laughs> that. That's how I, that's how I would do it. I always, and as I said, I'm conservative, but I always put away money monthly for the for each of my properties, just so that when this stuff does come up, I already have the money. Yeah, I there. definitely need to be better about that, about creating like buckets of money for <laughs> different things. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is like, if you don't need it, it's still there. And it's not really, you know, some people will say, well, it's not earning anything, which it's not. But it mm-hmm. to me, it prevents a future problem. Like it prevents me having to ever use a credit card to pay for something. So like if the refrigerator right. were to break, then I already have cash ready to go to take care of that. And then I just just constantly keep saving for the, the house. To me, and I've had bad luck, very bad luck with some of the expenses. Um, uh-huh. Even I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um, and so like statistically that doesn't happen based on like the people I've interviewed on the podcast. But it was like nice knowing, I didn't have all the cash for that sewage because that sewage thing was like ridiculously expensive. But then at least I had the bulk yeah. of it ready to go and then I just replenish the fund. And then, you know, hopefully nothing else happens. Okay, that sounds great. So if I save like a thousand a month, <laughs> it's gonna probably take a while to get to that fifteen thousand, but totally doable. Totally doable. And also remember, if you do when you move in with your parents, if you don't have to spend, you know, almost nine hundred on rent, that you uh, can yes. get to that number. A w- you can get to that number a lot faster. Right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So I think you're. I think we're in a good spot. I'm sorry that this is so tumultuous. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's okay. It could definitely be worse. So 
I'm glad that we're on good terms and we have a plan ish <laughs> and yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, you're right. It can hundred percent always be worse. We did, I think really early on, we did an episode with a woman. I think she had most of the wedding paid for on a credit card and then they broke up or he didn't show up oh, or no. something. Yeah. It was, so she was like carrying around a bunch of debt from this like wedding that didn't happen for a while. Oh. It's awful. Yeah, which is awful. So you ended up with an investment property, which is great. So yeah, well, yeah. So do you have any other questions? Um, no. I think you basically covered everything that I had written down. Um, I'll definitely look into term insurance because I've had this universal policy for like seven years, and I never really looked into other options until I started listening to your podcast. I heard you talking about term, so. I definitely will do that. Yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of term. I mean, you have, you can, you know, everyone has a different need for insurance, but if you think you want to have the most coverage with the least amount of money that you're going to spend monthly, I would definitely look at that and just mm-hmm. compare the two of what they're, what each policy is going to offer you versus what you need, and then figure out what what needs fit you best. Okay, great. Well, perfect. Well, Veronica, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram, Future Rich Podcast, for our most up-to-date information. And you can check out our online classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster at www.futurerichpodcast.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.